Did you know RGGEDU founders Gary Martin and Robert Grimm originally met at the retail establishment Tea Havana, where Gary picked out a selection of herbal teas for Robert? He was so delighted with the choices that they formed a partnership that blossomed into the photography education powerhouse known as RGGEDU. It's all true. It really happened. Welcome to the RGGEDU podcast. Gary and Rob get down and dirty with some of the top photographers in the industry. Season 5 of the RGGEDU podcast is brought to you by Sakonic Light Meters. For decades, Sakonic Light Meters have been an essential tool helping photographers grow from simply taking pictures to creating photographs. Nothing compares to working with a light meter to help you understand and control light. Get serious. Get Sakonic. In this episode, we're joined with all-around badass photographer Anya Antti. Welcome to the RGG EDU podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And alongside me, always to my left, is Rob Grimm. I'm always here. Always. Am I always on the left side? Always, he passed to the left-hand side. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're always sitting on my Pass left. the Grimster to the left-hand side? I'm not the Grimster. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. Oh. oh. Come on. Really? Oh. 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 <laughs> Anya, thank you yes. so much for joining us. Sure. What type of work do you do? How do you refer to your photography? I call myself a fine art and conceptual photographer. Okay. And what type of work is that? What do you do? Um, mostly it's uh, kind of surrealistic fairytale female portraits. So how did you get into that? Um, I don't know. I just started photography and I, to be honest, I started doing... Not not portraits. I did like city landscapes and all different stuff. Like I was just trying to figure out what I like and trying to find my style myself. But then I started shooting portraits and I really got into it. And um, somehow I started doing portraits in kind of a dreamy way. And I remember someone telling me that, "Hey, your photos are kind of fairy tale." And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> I guess I like that." So let's go back to the early days. When did you first pick up a camera? Uh, how old were you, and when, um, when did you get the bug? So I bought my first camera in 2009. Um, I was, I don't remember how old I was. <laughs> it was so long time ago. You don't have to date yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't yeah. date yourself. Yeah. Never want to do that. Um, so yeah, it was 2009. Like I said, I started doing photos of everything around me, like my cat, my friends, city landscapes, whatever. At first, I didn't know what I like, what's my style. I was trying to figure out that. And about in uh, a year and a half, I tried to shoot portraits. I remember I met this girl who was an amateur photographer, and she said, hey, let's do a photo shoot together. I have a friend of mine who she's, she's like um, a model, but she's not a professional model. She was just pretty and like t- likes to take pictures of herself. Let's do a photo shoot. And I said, yeah, let's do that. And we did a super cliche photo shoot on the railways. <laughs> and um, I liked that. That's when I started doing portraits. You do a lot of self-portraits. You're in your own, your own fantasies a lot. Um, it kind of, you kind of remind me of a modern-day twist on Cindy Sherman. Um, I don't know if you know her work at all, but what's it like to actually be your own subject? What do you think about when you're putting yourself in your work? Actually, I started doing um, self-portraits after I moved to the United States, which, which was uh, three years ago, because I 
find it kind of hard to find a model in New York City for some reason. Wait, I don't what? know why. <laughs> you live in New York. I know. Everybody is a model here. I know, but I don't know. Actually, I, I feel like everybody's capital. so busy and not super excited about doing photo shoots. I don't know. So I just find it easier to be my own model. And then my photos have been always been like um, a projection of myself, like an alter egos. My models are my alter egos. So it's kind of the same for me. Shooting a model or shooting myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was always a part of the concept each side of, from each side of the camera. So talk to me more about your alter egos. How many of those are there? I don't know. How many pictures do I have? <laughs> oh, oh, so you just quite a few. keep inventing them. <laughs> yeah. So you keep inventing just different characters. Yeah, yeah. Do you have some favorites? Um, what do you mean? Like your favorite photos or favorite alter egos that you've kind of come oh, up with? I, I don't know. Characters? It's a really hard question. I love them all. I, I, can I tell you one that's my favorite? Yes. Uh, butterflies in the stomach. Oh, yeah. I, I was pretty sure you, you would say that. Yeah. Have I talked to you about this before? I, I love that. In fact, I even really love the, the video that you put together of the that image coming yeah. together. I showed it to my crew. I'm like, guys, this is really cool, Thank and we you. should think about uh, stuff in this way. Ta- so tell me about the project. I, I think it's exceptional. Thank you so much. Uh, so I've been thinking about this idea for quite a while, I don't know, like several months before I did that. Um, I was looking for a skeleton to buy because mm-hmm. it was uh, spring, I guess, or winter, so it was not a Halloween time. Uh, and I was trying to, uh, fi- because I didn't want to buy it, because I needed it only for one photo shoot. I didn't want to spend money and buy a skeleton. Um, but then eventually I bought it. Um, and yeah, and I, like, I did this photo shoot. Well, where, where'd the concept come come from? I mean, butterflies in, in my stomach. I mean, that definitely sounds like, you know, nerves. You're nervous about yes, something. Yes, it, it's, it's a photo about anxiety. Like the dark, deep feelings I've been experiencing for the last couple of years. I don't know, maybe it's because of my moving to a new country and all this mixed and deep feelings I had. So it's kind of a self-portrait in the way, not only that I'm posing, like I'm modeling, but like in a more inner way. The, so, what you're feeling. Yes. So why New York? Uh, what was hard for you to come? You came from the Ukraine, right? Yes. Why did you decide to come to New York, and what did you feel when you got here? Those, tell us about that anxiety a little bit, if you can. Um, well, we picked New York for several reasons, because it's a big city with a lot of opportunities. Um, but I feel like it's very competitive, mm-hmm. and I struggle a lot doing my art here. Like For some reason, I struggled finding people to collaborate with, because all of my photographs are personal projects. So I don't really have budget to hire people and pay them money. So I try to find people with um, like same feelings, same thoughts, same passion for art, and just to collaborate. And that's what I'm. Maybe I'm doing something wrong, but it's from my experience, I find it really hard to find like just passionate people about art. Talk to me about the differences you see between. Uh, the Ukrainian photography community and just how the culture encourages things like create just creativity uh, versus like when you got here, did you just explode with, you know, more passion and drive? No, on the opposite. On the opposite. Yes. Um, I feel like in Ukraine, people are less concerned about money. So here in New York City, people are more about business. Like photography is business. You're doing business. It's a huge industry. Like it's a whole new thing for me. Uh, 
But in Ukraine, people are more willing just to do art because they love it. It's just a passion, and that's that's. Where in Ukraine are you from? Central Ukraine, Dnipro city. Cool. Yep. I spent a lot of time. I lived in Moldova for three oh. years, so I went to Ukraine. Really, every chance that I got. Oh. Um, Odessa, Kiev. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful country. Yeah, Rob, you should you should go sometime. I would love to go. Get some culture. Never. I need to be culture. You need a little more culture. Clearly, 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 I need culture. <laughs> what is the What is the photo community like in Ukraine? I mean, is there? It's pretty much the same everywhere. I think. Really? So, yeah. Like, um, but in terms of the industry, it's really different. Because uh, here it is much more diverse. Like you can find any genre, you can find any way to do photography, all kinds of photography. In Ukraine, it's pretty limited to, I don't know, maybe shooting weddings, events, or just doing your personal projects. Is there a world of commercial photography in, in the Ukraine? Like, are there commercial advertising photographers? Yes, I think so, but not as many as here, sure. here of course, yeah. So how has your personal work that you do led to any paid jobs or opportunities to, to make money? In, in how? Yeah. Usually people just find me online and like um, send me proposal about collaboration and like, yeah. So what was the last one you did? Like what was your last big job? The last one, I've got a client uh, which is uh, online uh, psychological help, Yeah. which is better help. Uh, and they licensed my photo butterflies in the stomach. Oh, they did. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For advertising. Yep. What, was, what was challenging about putting that together? Um, you know, obviously you had to get the skeleton, but um, how long did it take for you to put that entire piece together? And, and you did all the post-production, right? Yes. Did I you do. always do all yeah, the Yeah, I always do all the post-production. Yep. Um, well, it, actually, I did this photo shoot two times because the first time I didn't like how it turned out. I think my photos were out of focus for some reason, so I reshoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It took me maybe three or two, two or three hours to do like the shooting part both times, and then it took me four hours to do the post production. So when you're doing your personal projects, are you the only one there uh, on set, basically, like taking photos of yourself, or do you have help? Uh, it, it really depends. If I take photos of myself, sometimes it's my husband who helps me. He like clicks the button. I just t- t- uh, tell him where to stand and yeah. how to hold the camera, and he clicks the button. Uh, but Does when he I, know what he's doing? Yeah, he's he's actually a video editor. Oh, so, all right, cool. Yeah. Then he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I kind of I kind of train him. Like I, te- <laughs> I teach him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but when I do my um, photo shoots with actual models, I always try to get some help, like assistant or whatever, friends, my husband, someone to help me. So are, when you're shooting by yourself, are you shooting tethered to a computer or are you just looking at the back of your camera, like walking back yeah, and forth? Yeah, that's what I do, yes. So, so are you, walk me through that whole process when you want to, you know, photograph yourself, like how many photos does it take before you're like, oh, I finally got it. And how much, how much are you really out of focus? Because like, you just have to kind of walk and then kind of guess. Well, I, I, I I do the set, so I set my camera, and then I just click the remote control and take several shots, I don't know, like 100 maybe, yeah. 150 of myself. Yeah, and then I just pick one. What do you have planned next? What's, uh, what's your next big shoot? What talk me through your other egos you're planning? Um, hmm, let's see. I don't really have anything in mind right now because I have, a, have tons of photographs to 
to do to edit. To edit. Yeah, because I just got back from my trip to Europe, so I, I did. I teach two workshops and I did several photo projects. So I have like this huge pile of photographs I need to do. So I don't really think about future project right now. How do you generate your ideas? What What are the things that inspire you to come up with stories, and and how do you go about kind of writing and creating those stories? Well, I always say that um, inspiration comes to an inspired person. So I always try to stay inspired. And um, uh, the thing that helps me to stay inspired is mostly visual art. So I usually, it, it can be anything. It can be movies, paintings, illustration, like installation, modern art. So I just, I can spend hours just browsing through images, looking at photos, whatever, and then like it's, it's like a visual experience. It's like a storage. I collect everything inside of my head. And then at some point when I see something, I see a location or I see a beautiful model or I see some prop in a store, it just pops me, like the idea comes up to me. And it's always a different process, but um, usually it's like, yeah, like, like this. Um, some ideas I can do like overnight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Get prepared. Some ideas I can like think through mo- for months um, because I'm looking for like a perfect location or per- for a perfect prop. Like for example, for a skeleton photo shoot, I was looking for a skeleton for a pretty long time. Um, yeah. I, also, then what comes next? I usually draw sketches, so it helps mm-hmm. me to visualize the idea more. Um, sometimes I create mood boards. Um, and th- yeah, that's pretty much it. Right. Then I go and look for perfect model, perfect location, or whatever whatever to, I need. Where are you going now to find models? I just search online, on social media. Like, I go through other photographers' profiles, accounts, and just look who like who, who they shoot. Yeah, you're using hashtags at all? Or just, you're just creeping and stalking on people, yes. aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then I just send them a message like, hey, I like you, can I shoot you, please? Anya the stalker. Yes. <laughs> Always creeping, creeping around. So uh, walk me through, like, what do you use to get inspired? Are you big into literature? Do you look at paintings? Do you go to museums? No, Are... I, I don't really read a lot, to be honest. I don't know if it's good or bad. Me neither. Um, I, I just a watch of, a crap ton of movies. I think a lot of photographers are that way. They don't read a lot. Yeah, yeah I'm all, like all I'm all about. Stim- yeah, yeah, I'm a visual person. Yeah. So I just, I just usually browse online, like different websites, other other photographers. I get inspired by other photographers' work, um, like painters, illustrators, movies, movies as well. Um, what was the last movie you saw? The last movie I saw was uh, Blade Runner. Uh-huh. How did you so, so beautiful yeah right like, it was very beautiful like yeah I enjoyed it very much very rarely uh, maybe 5 to 10% of the time does the sequel or the follow up movie is better than the, the, oh, yeah, better yeah. or as good you did know? you see the original no oh uh-huh. Yeah. Should I? Yeah, it's yes. one of my all-time favorite movies. Now, I have not seen the sequel, which I'm going to see this weekend. Why do you, Why is it one of your all-time favorite movies? Because was that the last movie you saw in theaters? No. After that, that was 1982. Come on, man. Well, I mean, he, Rob, I don't... Listen, it, I know I'm an old man, but um, for, it, it was incredibly groundbreaking at the time. Um, it was incredibly groundbreaking. Talk, movie, like, what sure. were you like back when that movie came out? Describe what Rob Grimm was doing on a day-to-day basis. Oh. Okay, so when that came out in 1982, I was, um, I was a junior in high school, maybe a sophomore in high school. 
I was playing soccer all the time. I drove a red Volvo P1800, which is... Do you wear your seatbelt? Hell yeah, I wore my seatbelt. Hell yeah. Um, I wore khaki pants that were pegged at the the ankles and argyle socks and penny loafers and... Did you have a goatee? No, I had no goatee then. I I don't think I could grow a goatee then. I was 16 years old or something. Um, But the movie was incredibly groundbreaking. Where did you go see it? What was what were the movies like way back then? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we rode our horse and buggy. <laughs> well, don't be ridiculous. No. Come on, um, what was it like? It, honestly, it was visually very groundbreaking. You think about that um, that story, which originally comes from um, what was the name of that title of the book? Um, Do robots dream of electric sheep or something? That's where the actual. It's a book where Blade Runner comes from. Um, We've got to look up that title. And it, it really talks about um, kind of the loss of humanity and where, where do we stop being human. But all the visual effects and that kind of futuristic look um, at people being very disconnected from one another and tied into technology and um, tied into these other forms of communication in this loss of, of who's, hum, who's human. Um, that was really kind of groundbreaking and, and kind of shaking. If you, if you think about it, um, it really does kind of project forward to today. There's been yeah. a lot of that that's actually come through. Um, but just, you know, the flying police cars and this, this wild look of, of futuristic Tokyo. And um, I don't know, it just yeah. it blew me away. Um, and I remember there was actually, at, I think it was Hobart William and Smith, the college, they taught a complete course on the making of Blade Runner because it was so groundbreaking. Yeah, but this like the sequel is a perfect example of the movies that inspire me like visually because it was beautifully made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see it. I liked. I mean, without ruining it for you, Rob Grimm, but their ability to make something that was so far in the future, but not too overboard, not too realistic, like you know, futuristic with weird shit. Yeah, they incorporated so much of today and so much of it was grungy, like it was just kind of decaying, but still futuristic with flying shit. The other cool thing about it, it had Rucker Hauer in it. In I don't know who that is. Oh, he was a badass. He was? No longer is? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still alive or not. He might be. But I know he's on the sequel. So are you doing video? Besides the, like the, the little creation for Butterflies in My Stomach, are you actually shooting video? No, I don't. But I tried a couple of times to do, to do cinemagraphs. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do more in future. Yeah. yeah. I really love like this moving images yeah, so I, saw the, like, I saw the blinking eyes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah freaky i know <laughs> yeah you could do it again with butterflies actually kind of moving and yeah that's stomach. a good idea actually yeah, yeah. awesome yeah. I could, look at look yeah. at this let's get an inspiration i will credit you yeah no and guess what i'm willing to collaborate with you on that yes let's do it we like collaborating what's challenging about your work in the post-production side i think you have a really good sense of color grading where, where did you develop that i don't know i've been always a creative person when I was a child I was good in drawing and painting but I've never actually went to any art school it's just like I was born that way I was always good with like drawing like a visual and like yeah yeah. did your parents you know help help encourage you with that or were they drawers or no not really no there's nowhere that you can think back of and be like oh that was a good influence that encouraged me to do that not really (laughs) just born with a good yeah so could you draw Rob Grimm can we commission you to? No, I'm not that good. Draw <laughs> Rob Grimm. Call I can. I can photograph. We could try. Actually, that, the worst. That's why the I better. do photographs. The worst, the better. Drawing of Rob Grimm. 
Gary loves to make me look as bad as possible. That's not true, Rob. That is true. You are you are creating I, an entire. Rob, book I of images need that are someone. Terrible. I want to commission someone to create a photo of Rob Grimm on a bearskin rug, naked. Because it weirds me that much. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's all. It's not weird. weird. It's not like fully naked. It's implied nude. Implied do you know Do you know who Burt Reynolds is? No. Is an old school actor, huge mustache. He's up there with Tom Selleck for best mustache of all time. <laughs> and there's this. He's just like a actor from the 1970s. This is really famous uh, photo of him laying on a bearskin rug, just kind of like, 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 you know, he, uh, head in his hand. It's hilarious. And Rob, I don't know what it is about you. You just emit Burt Reynolds. It's my man musk, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite pungent. Ooh. Quite pungent, but in a good way. Ooh. But in a good way. <laughs> so, who are the right. photographers out there that you are currently looking at and look up to and draw inspiration from? Oh, I don't. Really, I really hate mentioning a name because, first of all, there's so many of them, and then like I don't want to forget someone, and then like, oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that, that's, understandable. that's understandable. So, no names. Yes. No names. I prefer not no. to. <laughs> is almost all of your work done for self? Like, how much is for clients versus doing it for yourself? Well, pre- pretty much all of my work is personal projects. Sometimes I do workshops, so some of the work is like from, from over there. Um, there used to be some client work on my website as a part of my portfolio, but I took it down because it's not like not... Uh, it's not who you really are. No, but it's, it's just it's old work, so it's not really um, relevant anymore. So walk us through your workshops. What do people learn? How long are they... It's the whole process from start to like finish complete artwork that I do, like all my creative process, how I do. We do one day, usually it's two days workshop. Um, so first day we do sh- shooting. I prepare everything, everything. I come up with a concept. I find models, props, costumes, whatever location we shoot. And then the second day I pick one photograph from that shoot and I edit it. Like from the start till to the end. Break it down. Yeah. Are are your workshops interactive with other people able to shoot as well? Of or, course, all yeah. my students shoot as well. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and yeah. they can try and do the same like post production and do all the tips and techniques that I show. How big are your workshops? How many people are normally in them? It's not very big. It's usually from five to ten people. Yeah. Yep. Do you find it? You know, anything after ten people just becomes too hard to. To teach you or make for a worthwhile experience? Yeah, like I feel like a smaller group uh, groups are better because I can interact with each student and like help him give some advices, maybe. And yeah, because w- when it's a big group, it's it's harder to. Yeah, it's unruly. What do you like about teaching? I like communication. Sometimes I learn as well along with my students. Sometimes they give me tips. It's mm-hmm. really funny. Like um, also. I don't know. I love the feeling when people listen to you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's nice when somebody actually listens yeah. to you and says, hey, that's a good idea. Exactly. People actually come to listen to me and like, <laughs> learn something. This is like, wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Have you ever put, put together a gallery show of your work? Um, not by myself, but I was invited before by a couple of galleries to showcase my work. Yeah. I would think that'd be a great place for you. I mean, your work is, is really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Are you selling prints Yes, online? I do. Yep. Where um, can we go to find those? On my website. On course. your website? Yep. You did, are you printing these and shipping them? Do you use another service? I use another service. Have you tried to get into printing? No, not yet. Do you want to? Maybe. Why not? Yeah. 
I, I hate it. I like the in process, but the process of printing, it's I just find painful, painfully, painfully let's, slow. Let's talk about lenses. I have a Petzval that's sitting in my drawer that I, ne- I really oh. never use, but you use them a lot. I can I can see it in your work. Um, well, actually, those are not Petzvals. No. So you can't They're see it. No. What? What, what do you? Are they the re, the the remake of it? There's a new version out. It's, they've they've kind of reintroduced. Yes, it, but... yes, I know. But um, no, um, I, I've had them for some period of time. I was uh, given by a Lomography store, gallery store, yeah. but just like to test, to try it out. So but what I, are you using? You fooled me. Yes, I I shoot with Helios lenses. Those are I don't know them. Soviet from Soviet Union. They were made in Soviet Union. They are like old and. Helios lenses. Yes, are they are they really the, old? She's or got the new? magic. Secret yes, they are. It depends on the model. Mm-hmm. They were usually they were manufactured about like you know, 70s or 80s in Soviet mm-hmm. Union. Some of them are older, but the ones that I used were mostly uh, made in 70s or 80s in Soviet Union. Um, one of those lenses was actually remanufactured, remanufactured like a Petzl one, mm-hmm. and now they sell it. Those lenses for digital cameras, for Nikon mount, Canon mount, maybe Sony mount, I'm not sure. Yeah, what camera body are you using? What do you on? Nikon. Nikon. Right. You have to have an adapter for them, I assume. Uh, not really. So I've, I, I own three, mo- mostly I shoot with three Helios lenses. The one is already has Nikon mount bef- because it was made for old film mm-hmm. Nikon camera. The other one is remanufactured, so it's not authentic but it's like it's completely exact same model it's just new mm-hmm. and was already made for Nikon with Nikon mount and the third one is I love it I, it's my go-to lens I use it all the time I actually have a video on my YouTube channel where I like, show it and explain all my lenses that I use mm-hmm. um, it's a Helios also Helios 77 I got it on the flea market in 77? the 77 yes 77 M4 that's a random millimeter it's not it's not a focal lens it's not it's just from 1977? I'm, I'm not sure why it's 77, but it's okay. like each Helios has its own number right. for some reason. I don't know. Oh, okay, so that's not sexual. So, no yeah, it's, it's, um, I got it on a flea market for about, I don't know, like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. Wait, so what is the millimeter of the <laughs> It's Helios a 50 millimeter, millimeter lens with aperture 1.8. The 50-77. The yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. It's it's. it's Pretty sharp compared to all vintage Germania lenses, and it has this crazy swirly bokeh. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was reconstructed. It was reconstructed. Um, I, I found um, like instruction online how to reconstruct it for Nikon because they have like different focal lengths. Right. Yeah, uh, you have to make sure that the yeah. back element is the proper distance from yes. the, the digital. So I'd be able to uh, f- focus to the infinity. Yeah. So yeah, my father helped me to re- like rebuild it, to reconstruct it. Really? Yes. Does he have a background in lenses? No, he's just a handyman. <laughs> really? He can just take apart a lens and be like... Well, he, he does this. like a lot of electronics. He can repair anything. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That comes in handy. Your mom and dad's still back in yes, Ukraine? Yes, they're all in Ukraine. What do they do? My father works in university, but he's not a, a professor or a teacher or whatever. Um, they have like a telephone station over there, so he works there. My mom is an um, x-ray technician in the hospital. So, yep. Do you get back that much? Not really. About um, once a year, a year and a half. So we've been last year. And I, like I said, I just got back from my Euro trip and I went home as well to visit my family. So I just, I just saw them like 
a week ago. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So if you could ha- if you could do any shoot right now, and there's no limit to models, location, money, what would it be? I really want to do a project in Iceland because I've already been there like three times, and I love this country. It's so beautiful, and I have several ideas in my mind of the photo shoots there. So, like, yeah, I really like want to do a project, personal project there. I know your pals with Renee Robin. Are you yes. like her in that you go out and shoot backplates? Because she she has amassed a, a pretty huge collection of backplates, and yeah. she is constantly filtering them in her mind and then figuring out scenes that she wants to put in, or people she wants to put in front. Uh, do you do that? Do you go out and no, shoot? No, no, I never, I never change backgrounds. Actually, my my. All my photo shoots were actually made like on real location. Like I, know, I don't do background changes. Really? Yes. Why not? I don't know. I like when it's. You want to be there. Yes. I I, I don't want to. I don't know. You need the bokeh. Yes. Yes. Bokeh. <laughs> I just want it to be more real. I love telling yeah. people that I actually went there and made this photograph, and they were. Like, Really? Oh, wow. So you actually went to Iceland and spent an hour walking to that plane wreckage. And like you, you did a photo shoot over there. And I said, yes. You, you, did you know that plane wreckage was yes, there? Okay. Yes, yes, I knew I that. I thought that was a cool shot, too. I like the concept with the big... With paper, the paper plane? Yeah, yeah that's what plane. that... Yeah, I actually did... Like, I thought it through before my trip. I made a paper plane. I bought this aviator, like, pilot uh, hat was goggles goggles goggles, goggles. Yeah. um yeah so I, I like i intentionally went there and did this photo what's the story behind the actual plane wreck do you know i think it was an american army plane i'm not sure they just left it there where where, where is it where yeah what country is it in iceland, in oh, iceland. It's, that's in iceland, iceland right? yes so yeah and it was funny because it was freezing cold and i was standing there just in my jacket and shirt and I was freezing. My eyes were running. <laughs> I was crying because of the wind and the sun. And there were, it's actually a tourist spot. It's pretty popular with yeah. tourists. So people started taking pictures of me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any significance of the paper plane? No, I just love the association. I love playing with the association. So yeah. it's like, like a plane wreckage behind me and a little paper plane. And I'm like in a pilot. I have yeah. So it's like a a game. I ask because game. there's a, I don't know if you've seen it, but in Odessa, there's a very famous statue of a boy throwing a paper plane. Oh, no, and I, I, I never saw that. Yeah, I actually got a paper plane tattoo in Odessa. Oh, which wow. Which is significant, right? It's significant, yeah. Do you want to share that? It's, it's like uh, we got them instead of wedding rings. We got, we got tatted up. Tatted oh, up. Wow. And now I've got a tattoo problem. <laughs> is it a problem? I mean, you're, you're getting covered. I'm getting pretty covered. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to come in with a face tattoo, are you? Probably not. Okay. Nothing against face tattoos. No. Because nothing fine. against any tattoos, but I don't think I'm no, there. I, I don't think I'm there yet. I can't see you like Mike Tyson, you know. Yeah. I just can't. Or see Gucci you. Man. Do you know who that is? No. Who's Gucci Man? Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> are, you're not into rap, either one of you? No. No. Gucci Man is like the king of trap music, and he got an ice cream cone tattooed on his face. Trap music? Oh my god, you're ridiculous. <laughs> Do you know trap music? No. Oh Thank God. <laughs> See, I'm not alone in this. It's it's music basically from the trap. The trap is the hood. You get trapped in it. So it's a lot oh. of like a lot of stories. Um, it's it's the story of the hood. It's from kind of founded in Atlanta. Without getting too much into this, holy cow, you guys, mm, you two can't take you two anywhere. Don't really care. <laughs> 
Way, yeah, way to, way to not be cool, Rob. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. Rob, what are you listening to these days? What? Oh, you know, a lot of Barbra Streisand. Yeah, still. <laughs> what, what about? Are you into music, Anya? Yeah, I used to like. I used to be into music a lot. What do you listen to now? What's on your iPod? Uh, right now, I'm listening to some kind of post rock, like indie, like. After my trip to Iceland, I started listening to Sigurás a lot. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, hell yeah, big big fan of. You know who I like right now? Who? Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Oh yeah, you played them for me the other yeah. day. Yeah, Houndmouth. Yeah, Khalid. I like Khalid. Those are good. Yeah. Those Do you know right? DJ Khalid? Whatever. We the best. Yes. Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you guys can't see this, but yeah. uh, half this podcast is looks right now, and yeah. you can't see it, so sorry about that. Yeah, I'm also glad you cannot smell this podcast, because <laughs> Rob's musk right now is oh, on another stop level. stop it. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, so, Anya, where can people go to find your work and buy your prints, and also contact you if they want to collaborate, if they're here in New York? So there's a website, which is anya-ant.com. You can pretty much find any information there. There's an email, an email and um, all my social media. You can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram. What else? Well, th- those are pretty much like the biggest platforms. Are you a Snapchatter? I, no. Snapping? No. After the Instagram release, the stories, I was yeah, like, I don't yeah, need I that. I think any. a lot of people yeah. jump ship. <laughs> I didn't need Snapchat anymore. So who owns the AnyaAunty.com without the hyphen? Who's that person? Do you have it? There's a dash in between yes. Anya Auntie? Yes. Who owns AnyaAunty.com? I don't know. You don't know? Maybe nobody. Maybe nobody. Yeah. Well, why, why do the hyphen? Because I don't like two A's together. It, looks, it looked weird. So oh, I yeah. yeah. Hyphen, yeah. See, it's a visual thing. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah. 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 I think that. Well, your work is really beautiful. Thank you so um, much. You've got some really strong stories that you're telling, and visually they're really arresting. So, um, I, I've been really happy to see the stuff that you've pr- been producing. I can't wait to see what you produce next. Yeah, thanks. Go we'll have check to get out a print. Well, we're going to have to get a print for the studio. Yeah, can we? We're in the we're in the process of completely printing huge pieces for the studio, and uh, we're slow to do it, but <laughs> yeah. it's happening. We're very slow. It's going to happen. I would love to. I would love to um, be awesome. see my print hanging on the wall. That would be awesome. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Thank you well, so much. Yeah, thank you so much yeah. for stopping by. It was great to talk to you. Thank you for you. having me. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was Anytime fun. and every time we come to New York. Sure. Which will probably be soon. Soon. Yeah. So we're going to do a podcast soon. So you better start shooting some yep. new shit so we can talk about it. Wrap us up. You wrap us up. Mm-mm. No. That's your you, no. I've been wrapping us up for like 50 something episodes. You, <laughs> you wrap it up. Uh, all right. Do it in a German accent. No, I'm not going to do it in a German accent. Do it in an Irish accent. I'm not going to do it in any accent. You're so not fun today, Rob. I know. I'm tired. tired. To download this episode and the entire (laughs) season five, go to rggedupodcast.com. And also on Hump Day, every Hump Day, we publish a new episode on SoundCloud, which feeds our iTunes and our Stitcher and Google. Google. Google Music. Thanks so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. No one is certain what kind of tea Gary and Robert bonded over that day. Perhaps it was Florent Delight or Mediterranean Moonblend. Maybe it was Dances with Dragonberry. Maybe these aren't even tea flavors. Maybe they're candles. Season 5 of the RGG EDU podcast is brought to you by Sakonic Light Meters. 
for decades, Sekonic light meters have been an essential tool, helping photographers grow from simply taking pictures to creating photographs. Nothing compares to working with a light meter to help you understand and control light. Get serious. Get Sekonic. <laughs>